0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, my brothers and sisters in Christ. We have a word for what Elijah was going through. It's a word you probably don't use often. It's a word that if you hear someone use flippantly or glibly, you might say to them, hey, come on, don't say that. It's a word that if one of your kids comes to you and describes themselves and the way that they've been feeling with this word, you may be filled with worry. Elijah was depressed. Or at least he shows all the significant signs of depression, right? Low mood low self-esteem, suicidal thoughts. Now, there are lots of different causes for depression. There's no one root cause for any particular individual, right? Depression can be a biological thing. Your brain just doesn't fire the right neurotransmitters, so everyone else is reacting to the things in their lives with joy and happiness, and you find that you just can't. Depression can be the result of a traumatic experience that has left permanent scars on your mind that will stay there for the rest of your life. Or depression can be situational. Like all in the same week when you find out that you didn't make the softball team, your grades are tanking, and all of your friends suddenly want nothing to do with you. Or when you're a prophet in Israel... And you're coming off of this amazing experience where you just just saw God's amazing miracle, and now people want to kill you. Elijah, we could say, if he was depressed, it was probably situational. Because just a couple days before our Old Testament lesson, Elijah was atop Mount Carmel, where at his request, God rained down fire from heaven that consumed an altar Elijah had built with an animal sacrifice on top of it, this amazing display of God's authority and power. And Elijah thought for sure, this is the turning point for Israel. This is what's going to make everyone repent and leave the cult of Baal and start to follow the one true God. This is it, guys. But then he goes home, and some messengers from Queen Jezebel in Israel come to him and say, hey, this is what the queen says, you're dead meat, buster. Jezebel said, God, deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow, you aren't dead as a doornail. Elijah panics. He is despondent he leaves he books it he hightails it out of there he grabs his attendant his assistant and he makes it to beersheba and he drops his attendant off there why because beersheba is a town it's a settlement his attendant his assistant can find a new job there because elijah doesn't have a return trip planned No, as fast as Elijah left the house, he still has a very clear end in mind. And so he keeps traveling and he finds a broom bush, which sometimes over in Israel can get big enough so that someone can comfortably lie down underneath it and escape the, the sun's scorching heat. So he lies down and he lets God know what exactly is on his heart i have had enough lord this is it take my life i am no better than my ancestors god there's clearly something wrong with me because you were the one at mount carmel that did all that amazing stuff that rained down fire from heaven and these people still won't repent god I thought for sure that was the turning point for Israel, but now they're trying to take my life. Clearly, I am deficient as a prophet, God. Clearly, I am no better than my ancestors who tried and tried to preach to these people. So I don't know what to do next, God. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what good could possibly come out of this situation. So I think the only answer is for me to leave this situation. Take my life, God. Now, chances are actually pretty good that many of you, at one point in your life, have experienced what Elijah is experiencing in our lesson. Chances, statistics, are pretty good that many of you gathered with us today know what this feels like. To measure your successes against your failures and to feel like you are way more of a failure like Elijah, chances are good you know what it feels like to be at the mercy of your inner critic, that person in here that keeps undercutting your successes, no matter how good a grade you get, no matter what, what promotion you get, is always saying inside of you, well, you don't really deserve it. You were just in the right place at the right time. Or everyone you were competing against, they just didn't try hard enough and your failures, and your mistakes, and your flaws, you bet that your inner critic is taking stock of everyone, filing it away in that evidence locker to bring out at the final verdict to prove that you aren't who you say you are, that you're not even worth the time of day, and that you are a worthless human being. Chances are good you've been to that dark, dark place one time or another. And chances are also pretty good that because of the verdict of your inner critic, you have considered what Elijah concluded as well, that because of your failure to do good in the world, that the only answer for you must be to leave the world. And if that's you or ever has been you, first of all, we are so sorry. Second of all, hang in there for just a couple minutes and see with us what God does for Elijah and you. Because God comes to him, doesn't he? He sends his angel to him. He doesn't build a stage, though, and give Elijah a rousing self-help speech. He doesn't ask Elijah a bunch of laser-focused questions to get Elijah to double-check his assumptions or anything like that, nor does he just smack Elijah on the head and say, look at the silver lining, turn that frown upside down, change your perspective, Elijah. No, he gives Elijah something to eat because God knows just as well as you do how low blood sugar can affect your mood, your emotions. But then Elijah just goes right back to bed, right? Overwhelming desire to fall asleep and to stay asleep is not uncommon among the depressed but god's not done with him yet he wakes him up again and says get up elijah here's another meal but he adds something very important the journey is too much for you god knows what elijah needs when he's in that dark dark place he knows what you need too And instead of sitting there and arguing with Elijah about how he's feeling, he just says, come on, I want to show you something. So he travels to Horeb. He stands at the mouth of a cave, and God says, all right, get ready, because I'm going to pass by. And he does. But not in a wind, a destructive, powerful wind, much like the wind that God separated the waters of the Red Seas with. Not with an earthquake, a scary, terrifying earthquake, much like the earthquake that happened when Moses ascended Mount Sinai to talk to God and receive the law, nor with a fire. And Elijah knew about fire from God because he had just been on Mount Carmel where God had rained down fire in that amazing miracle. All these amazing, powerful demonstrations, and God was in none of them. Can't you imagine That Elijah wanted God to be? Because we would too, wouldn't we? Don't we wish when we go to the dark, dark place that God would show himself in some unmistakable, unimaginable, powerful way that will stay in our heads forever and forever? Don't we wish that God would appear to us in some visible way so that we could never forget that God is here and that God loves us? Isn't that why some of us are so wont to interpret every little sign in our lives as a special way that God is communicating with just us? We want God to do something miraculous, something amazing, something unforgettable. But hasn't he? Because God in his almighty power has given you a sign. God in his eternal glory and majesty descended to earth and took on human flesh. God, in ultimate authority, Jesus Christ set aside his authority to become a servant to all. And God, in his infinite majesty, set aside that all to suffer a humiliating and shameful death on a cross to give you an unmistakable, unforgettable sign that God is here that God loves you, that God cares. God has done it all through Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, he has silenced your inner critic. Because your inner critic will still show up and say, look at all your failures, look at your sins, look at your shortcomings. Jesus has come to say, what sins, what failures, what shortcomings? Is there anything that I have not forgiven on the cross? Is there any accusation you can hurl against my brother or my sister? Your inner critic will say, well, yeah, but even when they try to do good, see, they're always failing. And Jesus says, no, they're not. Because through my sacrifice, their good works are beautiful to God. Your inner critic no longer has anything to say. Because Jesus has stamped you, labeled you once and for all, God's dearly loved and redeemed child. And there's no arguing about that. But because Elijah is human, as we are, he has a hard time getting out of his self-focus. Did you notice that? When God appears to him in a gentle whisper and speaks to him again a word or two of comfort and encouragement, Elijah still hangs on to some of his complaints. But God is not afraid of repeating himself, brothers and sisters. Jesus is not afraid of reminding you a thousand times a day how much he loves you and has forgiven you. That's why he has given us his word and his sacraments so that we can hear as many times as possible how loved we are and be strengthened in our relationship to God. But... God in his infinite grace and mercy doesn't even stop there. Because he says to Elijah, he, he doesn't just give him a warm bath where he scrubs him up, makes him feel better and says, all right, now you go out the door. Because God knows as well as you and I do that you can walk into a counselor's office and have the most amazing breakthrough of your life, but you still have to leave and close the door behind you and face the world. So God does this one better. He reminds Elijah and you and me about our mission. He says to Elijah, life indeed goes on. There are things to do, Elijah, people to anoint a new king of Aram, a new king of Israel, your successor, Elijah. You may think that our plans were upset by a little rebellion in Israel, but far from it. God says to Elijah, you may be at a loss for what comes next, but Elijah, I never am. You may be upset by unforeseen circumstances, but I never am. You may be caught off guard by tragedy and by threats and by sin, but God says, I never am. I am never at a loss for what to do next. God always has a plan, doesn't he? And he had to remind Elijah of that plan. He had to remind Elijah that Elijah's assessment of the situation was not really correct, after all. It wasn't all of Israel that was trying to kill him. It was just the queen. And all of Israel had not rebelled against God, but there were a solid 7,000 people who had never worshipped Baal in their entire life, who had stuck with God for their whole lives. And those were the people Elijah was to minister to. See, God always knows more than we do. So we do ourselves a favor when we let him speak through his word and correct our misunderstandings. But brothers and sisters, we would be misspeaking If we gave off the impression that if you're experiencing depression, if this message has resonated with you and what you're going through right now, that the only thing you have to do is pray harder or read more Bible, and then you will automatically feel better. No, God has given us mental health professionals for a reason. Use them. If this has applied to you so far, then talk to me. We have ways of confidentially getting you the help that you need. But the whole time, don't forsake. God's gentle whisper that he speaks to you in his word get the help that you need see to your mental health but also keep your relationship with God open because brothers and sisters you and I we often feel at a loss we often feel at a loss for what to do next where to go next in our lives but God never is We often experience our own limitations when we're trying to take the weight of the world onto our own shoulders and depend that everything depends on us. But give it to God who can handle it. He can handle the weight of the world. He can handle your setbacks in your life. And he is never at a loss. So run to him. Trust in him. Put your hope in him and you will never be either. Amen.